calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and this week I am joined by Mr. Double D himself, Dale Driver. Hello. It's like the old boys, isn't it? We're the two old boys of IGN Speak UK. for yourself. <laughs> well, I, I am. I am an old boy, I'll admit it. All right. Well, the two old boys <laughs> are joined by someone young and fresh-faced and full of vitality. It's Alicia Judge. Yay! But kind of old. I'm definitely an. Oh, I'll, I'll join the. I'll join the old club as an old member of the team. How about there that? There you go. Fair nice enough. Connection. Fair <laughs> enough. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm um, sat cross-legged on my bed at the moment because uh, recording this obviously within lockdown, and I can't work in the living room because my flatmate's there, and he might get really annoyed of nattering away for an hour. So <laughs> this is a, it's like a slumber party with you guys. We're going to talk about games. Maybe we'll do each other's hair. Yeah. Talk about boys. Not Dale. No, no. Also, sitting cross-legged on the bed for like an hour straight, your back is going to be killing. I know. Well, I've That's been doing... such an old man thing to say. <laughs> Mine would be. I know that. Yeah, exactly. Speak for yourself, Dale. I've been doing yoga with Adrian every day over the course oh, of this lockdown go. thing. So I'm as flexible as a wire. There you okay. go. So at the beginning of lockdown, Dale's wearing this funny little backpack thing that kept his posture all straight. Oh, where is that? Oh, that's Actually. cool. Yeah. But it was like, it was like, why is, why is Dale wearing a backpack <laughs> in every single meeting? So, so he got his lunch in there or something? My, my first few weeks, I was just sat on, well, I'm sat on a dining room table chair now, but I've now got extra padding on it. But for the first couple of weeks, I was just sitting on wood. And my back was in agony like every yeah. day. And I was like, I need to like reinforce this chair. Oh, so now man, I've got all these Dale. cushions on it now. That's the thing, right? When this all started, we all thought oh, it's going to be a couple of months, no more than mm. that. And now we know that we're in it for the long run. Like I'm yeah. currently sat on a bar stool. And like, it's <laughs> dreadful for my posture. But yeah. Hey ho. That's, we're not here working? to talk about posture. No, okay. Sorry. I was about to continue the conversation. <laughs> no, no, this is not the time or place. <laughs> Uh, I've been working with two children and uh, my wife for apart from this week when the kids went back. So it's been very challenging. Mm. Whenever I've done the podcast, I've basically asked them all to leave the house. 
Because you should what? you should do that thing of um you know kids British kids parties where you just play sleeping lions just be like right for an hour we're gonna play sleeping lions yeah like you've never met Ed <laughs> sounds sounds good in theory I don't know if the practice is gonna work yeah definitely speaking to a non-parent here <laughs> he's one of these kids uh, and sorry we will talk about games and films and stuff in a minute uh, who wherever I choose to do our morning meeting he chooses to play outside and that's where he'll play extremely loudly but I've got noise cancelling headphones so I can't see it and all I can see is all the other faces going like the fuck is that noise and it's Ed <laughs> being a power ranger or a dinosaur or oh, whatever he's choosing him. to be that morning very <laughs> so. sweet Anyway, uh, this week has been very big for Mm. games news because Microsoft decided to drop, well, two lots of prices, actually. First of all, they announced the uh, Xbox S uh, price and release date, or in fact, and the console itself, Mm. followed by the Series X. Now, we knew that the S was coming, but was it a bit of a surprise for either of you guys in terms of what it ended up being? Um, I didn't expect to have a... What looked like a giant speaker on the top of it. I know. That's for sure. <laughs> that is one big fan, which is good because I'm playing yeah. Avengers on, on my PS4 Pro. God damn, that is loud. Oh, I'm, I, would, I would say I'm very into the size of it, though. Like um, somebody who's moving house soon and looking how to arrange my living room, that mm. Xbox Series X, I was like, where does this thing fit? I don't know where it goes. In a car. Having the option to get something that potentially is... No, apart from, uh, we can get into the technical stuff of, in a bit, but apart from the resolution, feels like it's essentially the same. But now a nice sleek little box that can fit into a nice mm. unit somewhere is appealing to me. Yeah. It is amazing how much we judge consoles by how they look. Like you saw it when they announced the PS5 and even earlier when they were just announcing the controllers because these sit for years, pride of place, in mm. our TV media consoles. You want something that looks good. You want something... It looks good, but doesn't dominate. And I think the new Xbox does a good job of that. Like the fact that you could tuck it away if you wanted to. It's great. Yeah. It's a shame it's not black. I was going to say, yeah, the white is the problem. But white very much seems to be a thing for this generation, right? Like the PlayStation's the same. They're really going for futuristic white. So do you both have your consoles visible under your TV? Because mine's in a sideboard that's closed. Ah. But then when I want to play, open it up. Okay, okay, to get some air in there. Yeah, I mean... Well, I, I think that's probably why the PS4 is like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> See, mine's probably dying because it's... Uh, mine's on my bedroom floor on the carpet. What the hell are you doing? I know, so it's just sucking up all the dust every time I turn it on. <laughs> yes, I've, I've got mine, like, both my Switch and my PS4 Pro on, on display. But I used to have, on my entertainment unit, I used to have a back panel on it. And I've ripped that off to let it all breathe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but when I move house, I think we're just doing wall-mounted TV and then I'm going to have to find a solution. Mm. Uh, maybe I will look for some other clever way of placing them. Who mm. knows? It's just a, a door that goes across the front. It's not clever. <laughs> it sounded clever you, with the way you said it. It's a sideboard. You, they're, they're so futuristic. <laughs> but what do you guys think about the prices on the Series S and the Xbox? I think like, the X was to be expected. Like, I expected 500, right? I still think it's all right. I, like, for what you're getting. Mm-hmm. I, if you bought an Xbox One when that first came out, what, seven years ago, is it now? Mm. Like, Jesus. drop in 500 quid or $500, 450 pounds. Yeah. 
I'd be all right with that because I've spent way more than that on pretty much every every other type of tech since then, mm. especially my phone. Yeah, I hate to think how much I've spent on phones in seven yeah. years. God, they're so expensive. Um, it's but for me, like I, I think the S, and it is a tricky one because I'm definitely of the the target or demographic for the X because. If I'm going to buy a new console, I want the full 4K experience. I want everything to last me mm. for another five years, whatever. But you can't argue at that price point for the S and all yeah, the other games right. that comes with it's it. It's amazing. I mean, when you, you know, we talk a lot about PlayStation versus Xbox. And in many ways, you know, PlayStation has the first party games and the storytelling. But when you look like in terms of economy, the the Series S $249.99 price tag with the fact that you've got Game Pass, with the fact that they just announced that Game Pass now includes EA Play. So you've yeah. basically got 160 games for like eight quid a month, unlimited. If you're a student, like mm. that's phenomenal. If you are a single parent with three kids who want to play games, like Xbox are actually doing something pretty amazing of opening up the games industry to audiences who might have been shut out otherwise because they just didn't have the wallets big enough. Yeah. Now, that's pretty cool as we move into the next generation. Yeah. I think I, I said it in our morning meeting actually. I think Xbox's play should absolutely be marketing that console as Game Pass should be its killer app, right? It yeah. needs yeah. to communicate to the general public that we have this thing that's like Netflix but for games. Yeah. And they lean and say, You can play your latest Call of Duty is your Assassin's Creed on this machine because they don't have a Halo at launch and they don't have anything big like that, so they have to lean into that. Whether that message will get through to the mainstream who knows? And Sony obviously have a stronger hand when it comes to exclusives, mm. I'd say. Yeah. It is Just- it is fascinating though, because like when you when you look at um I don't know if you guys saw last year, so Yuki released this census basically on the demographic of, of who works in our game studios in the UK. And they found that 12% of the industry workforce went to a private school, which has doubled the national average. And 62% of people who work in our game studios uh, came from households where the main earner was in a managerial or professional role. So that's like, that's higher than nearly every other creative sector, like film, TV. It's comparable only to doctors and lawyers. So basically, the, the takeaway of all of that is the people who make our games are generally very privileged, come from really privileged backgrounds. And that's probably because consoles and games are really expensive to play. So I don't think it can be overstated how interesting and actually quite powerful this 2499 price tag option is along with the Games Pass as we move into this next generation of consoles. For like Xbox is really putting out a rallying cry here saying, ironically, you know, we're for the players, we're for everyone, even though that's Sony's sort of price tag. They really are opening up the games industry in, in a really cool way. I liked yeah. your little data drop there, by the way. I know, did you like That's that? Cool. I was just like, ah, yes, <laughs> Alicia's data drop. Excuse me while I just get back off my soapbox. <laughs> so last Christmas, I got, and normally I get my nephew a game. He wants a game for, for Christmas. Super easy. So I get him a game. But last year, I got him Game Pass. And he was just completely made up. Because rather than having that one game, which I think he wanted Forza. And it was like, well, you get that with Game Pass anyway. Plus all this other stuff. Yeah. Did he get it straight away or did you have to explain it? To no, him? I think he's fairly au fait with it, but okay. he got the, so I got the Xbox one with the PC. Is it Ultimate Game Pass, mm-hmm. I think? And yeah. he has both. So the fact that you could run it across both machines, it's just like, oh my God. Because yeah. that's like a lot of the, the sort of older brothers and sisters to Scarlet, um, 
they are shifting away from consoles to PC now because PC is becoming more affordable. So you're That's seeing, you know, sort of 14 year olds playing on PC, which that was never an option when I was younger because of the expense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of the time people just want performance. So I do think with the S it's, it's targeting perhaps people who've not been that interested. Maybe I've got a switch because yeah. I think that's kind of transcends mm. uh, a lot yeah. of sort of traditional console kind of setups. But yeah, like we know people who don't have anything other than a switch. I think if, if they understand what that does, they would totally go for it. Again, yeah. got, like like I said previously, you've got to target the, the FIFA, the Call of Duty, especially now EA play as well, FIFA. Yeah. And the Call of Duty crowd who are just, they just want to play these games. They don't play, they don't go much beyond that every year. You're saying, here's this cheap machine where you can play next gen, next gen games and you just need a subscription to this service. Yeah. And you don't have to buy the games every year. I think if they can communicate that message, they're onto a winner there. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's exactly as you said earlier, you went Netflix for games. Like if you can mm. couch it in something that people understand, it's, that's a really powerful marketing thing for mainstream. Yeah. Unfortunately, they can't use that in their advertising. No, they can't. <laughs> damn it! It's like that streaming service, but for games. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so Dale, when we were chatting over Slack yesterday, you said that you wanted to get the S, but I assume that's purely because you want a small box rather than a big black box, rather than uh, anything think, that you can actually well, do. Um, let's take work stuff out of the equation and just say like normally I only usually get one big console and then I've got the switch as like a secondary console at home and I was probably going to get PlayStation just because I'm so tied into that ecosystem anyway but having the cheaper option to buy an, a secondary console that I can play Microsoft games on mm. that's only 249 is very very appealing and yep. obviously yes there's aesthetic benefits as well of the machine but like you know obviously for work reasons the Series X might be the, the more Sure. the better option yeah but yeah that's what i was thinking my instant reaction was the s is way more appealing to me yeah i mean like i'm a sony fangirl through and through i've had every playstation console but the you know the fact that um xbox are really investing in its first party studios they've clearly want on the horizon to have a slew of of really good first party games that competes with the likes of naughty dog for sony etc um, it will be good to have a cheaper console that you can buy just to play those games. Yeah. I'm interested to see what the difference is. The, the, like when you see, like for me, Fable, I'm really excited to see Fable when that yeah, comes out. I can't wait for What that. is that going to look like on the X versus the S? And if there's no noticeable difference. Because well, um, that, that's not going to be a game that's designed for performance or frame rate no. or anything yeah. like that, is it? Well, looking through the, the tech specs, it seems like everything is the same except for um, resolution. Mm. So for, and teraflops. No, 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 but it's but it's about four K. <laughs> it's about four K consistent performance on the X, whereas the S is like fourteen forty p upscaled to four K. Yeah. And to be honest, most people like you know the PS4 Pro is that it's fourteen forty p upscaled to four K, and the average person will not be would able to not tell that anyway. Yeah. And depending on the size of your screen, like. Some potentially, like if I was playing my Xbox at work, I'd put it for a 24 inch monitor while I was at my desk. Oh, you would not be able to tell no. the difference there. Like, well, you can, but you really have to have an eagle eye. And so, oh, you, you've got to pay an extra 200 pounds for that privilege. Hmm. I suppose the disk drive as well. Um, mm. Yeah, but I, I think that they've presented options here for all sorts of people. Like, you know, yeah. and I think it's really smart what they're doing. 
Yeah, totally. Like you don't, if you, if you really are into tech and the nitty gritty and you get really nerdy over teraflops, then, you know, you can absolutely go for the X and mm-hmm. be super happy with that. Um, it is just saying that if you're not that bothered about yeah. GPUs and so on, hey, here's a cheaper option for you for the more casual yeah. gamer. And the most exciting thing about all this now is that they've uh, Sony won the game of chicken and now oh we're God. ready to go and now we can get yeah. Sony's answer to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, last time, back in 2013, they, they undercut the price of the Xbox One by like $100 because yeah. uh, Microsoft went first. So it'll be interesting to see whether they try a similar tactic wasn't, here. Wasn't the PS4, was it like 430 or something like that? The pri- uh, launch ah, I can't price. remember the exact launch I want to price. say it was like 429 or I something like that. Yeah. yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. But like, I'm, I wouldn't I'm be surprised fine. if they did that this time just to undercut Xbox and maybe make a loss on the console. Yeah, the, there was a really interesting piece in The Verge today talking about like what are Sony going to do next. And, and the thing that they did highlight was that um, Bloomberg's reported twice this year that Sony has been suffering component shortages and these rising costs which mm. means that they, they estimated that it's costing Sony $450 just to manufacture the console. So right. they were kind of saying, actually, they don't think that Sony can compete with Xbox prices this time round. So, mm. I mean, it's all conjecture at this point, but it'll be interesting to see. Well, they can compete if they're willing to operate at a loss with the idea that this is seven years worth of revenue for us. If we, if we now. create the big install base now, then we've got consistent revenue for this long time, especially but, if we have the bigger audience. Yeah. That's um, always been obviously. the case, though, isn't it? Like the yeah. first iteration of a console has been a loss leader. But then as the components become cheaper and they put out what looks like the same console, but they've done you know different in- yeah. things inside, that's when they start making money. And by the end of the console cycle, obviously, they've come down, but the components are dirt cheap. That doesn't really yeah. matter. And also this generation, they had like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, which probably, you know, were they, I estimate they probably did make money on all those mm. consoles as well. Yeah. So over time, they've, they've found a new way to, you know, monetize the console. It's just, you have to have that capital to start with, I guess, to make a big loss. Yeah, so true. So true. I mm. am, oh, I'm getting tied up in knots over the names though, guys. I'm like, Xbox, oh. Okay, Xbox One S, mm. which is different. No, Xbox... Yeah. S, different to the X, different to the... Oh, it's just, yeah. So I, I think the easiest way to remember is this one is called the Xbox Series. It's and then the you've series. got the S and the X variant, right? <laughs> and the last one was the Xbox One. Why it's called Xbox Series? I know. Weird. But, you know. Are you going to go for, for uh, PS5? Are you going to go digital or disc? Again, for work reasons, uh, disc. But I think... If it wasn't for that, I might be tempted with digital just for how it looks a bit sleeker. I don't, I'm not yeah. a fan of the bump. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go digital for sure. Like mm. the, it's so rare for me now to play a game on disc. Yeah. Well, I can never find the disc is always the thing. You, you know, when you, <laughs> you look through and go, oh, I'm going to play that. It's like, insert your disc. It's like, oh God, where's that? Like, I, I really wanted to play Last of Us Remastered and I yeah. didn't download it on when it was on PS Plus. And I've got oh, it somewhere. Man. I've got it, uh, if you want to borrow it. Oh, brilliant. Okay. If we work <laughs> next to each other like we used to, then great. But we don't. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that so, is a problem. Yeah. And so certainly with Switch, um, mm. most of the games I've got there are, are digital. It's just easier. Yeah. Saying that with the new Mario 3D All-Stars, I, may, I was insistent I need a physical version of that. Um, for several reasons. One, like Nintendo games really hold their value as well, just in case they decide to part with it at some point and also because of this they've been saying it's a limited edition run as well 
So the, the man like, inside of me who's like 10 years in the future thinking, oh, this could be worth a bit of money. I, like, <laughs> I need the physical one. Have you ever sold any of your game stuff? You don't strike me as that yes, kind of person. Learned. Have you? Before I went to IGN, yeah, all the time. I, always, I would trade in my old consoles all the time. I thought you'd be a bit of a hoarder. Uh, I wish I was because there's a lot of things that are now valuable that I'd got rid of in the past. Oh, really? Mm. Uh, but it was always, you know, a money thing. Like when I bought the PS2, I was 15 and I saved up money on my paper round and I s- sold my PS1 to my friend to just be able to afford it. So that, that it was always like if I wanted a new game, I had to trade in old games to be able to afford right. it. That was the situation. Yeah. And but now I tried to you. keep them. Yeah, I tried to keep them now. I tried to keep them now. Just you sport for choice. Oh, I don't want the really expensive one. I just want the small one. So. <laughs> it's just getting old, isn't it? Um, but anyone, the people listening to this podcast, do let us know what you think about the prices, but also predictions for PS5. Oh. Uh, the email is IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Now, apart from uh, hanging out with us on the podcast, Alicia, what else oh. have you been up to? Oh, well, um, Probably one of the coolest things. Um, I ended up voicing my very first character in a video game recently, which was cool. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, uh, it was really cool kind of being involved in the process of actually making a game. Um, it's called Paradise Killer. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically, it's like a, it's a murder mystery where anyone could have done it. So uh, you're, you're free to investigate on your own terms. Like unlike, you know, in most murder detective games, you have a set list of objectives and you go around and it's open world and you've got to find this clue and speak to this person. And once you do all of that, you solve the case. Right. With Paradise Killer, they wanted to make it a little bit more like real life justice, which is where in real life, if you're a prosecutor, you weren't there at the crime. You don't know what happened and no one tells you whether you got the right answer or not. You've just got to gather all the information and then you go and take all that information and you present it to the judge. So that's exactly what you do in Paradise Killer. You go around an open world. You might find some clues, you might miss them. The game's not going to tell you where they are. And once you gather all your clues, you go to the judge and you try and convince them of your case. So I play the judge because it's nominative determinism. (laughs) Of course I do. Was that the job interview? (laughs) So you know, yeah, you've got the job, yep. Yeah, name's judge, great. They knew they need. We're like, we need someone to play this judge character. So I'll just type in judge to the internet, see what you get. <laughs> yeah, she'll do. Cool. It's yeah. exactly how it happened. There you go, behind the scenes. Um, yeah, which is it's really cool. I mean, I guess like the thing you should know about Paradise Killer is it's it's a really kooky world. Like if you've played mm. um, Dangon Romper, it's like very similar to that. So right. uh, like there's. The, the whole the whole idea of it is the council that run this this island called Paradise have been horrifically butchered, and you're going around you're sort of interviewing the people who live on this island, and it's like this really seventies sort of like kooky, vibrant, colourful aesthetic, lots of like synthy music. It's like it's absolutely stunning, um, and my character is this immortal being called Judge, who. Uh, <laughs> loves justice so much they scrubbed themselves of their ego so that they could be a truly impartial justice but they're also really excited by justice that was a really there was a lot of interesting conversations between me and the developer i was like okay so they have no ego so kind of like no personality but they're really excited by justice cool right 
how to get that into a voice. <laughs> so, like, how like how many voice lines have you done, and yeah. like, what was the process, and all that kind of stuff? Because obviously, whenever we play a game, we see the finished product, and yeah. like sometimes see a glimpse behind the curtain. Yeah. So it was actually in terms of like pages of dialogue, it was only like a few pages okay it wasn't it wasn't that much because what they do in this particular game is it's very text-based but they have it so the voice actor voices like the first line so one of those um but the the first step was just figuring out what judge sounds like so i kind of they gave me the description of the character which is kind of what i just said about being immortal and no ego loves justice and um i kind of was like, okay, how about if I model it on like Galadriel from Lord of the Rings? You know that beginning bit where she's like, the world has changed. Yeah. I feel it in the water. Um, so I kind of went back with that and was like, and my character has multiple faces as well. And I was like, what if we like layered the audio? We could do something really cool in post where um, it sounds like multiple speaking at once. So I did a mock-up uh, in audition, sort of like doing different takes of the same line and then stitched them together and sent them back to the directors. And we just had like a back and forth trying to figure that out. And then once that was done, like we just did a session where I went through each line and uh, we figured you just, you just, you make a kind of kaleidoscope of each line. So you say it lots of different ways mm, and then yeah. give them the opportunity to choose what they think works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. Oh. I have a few questions. Uh, <laughs> one, do you have an English accent in it? I do. I do. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was also, by the way, when you said I really want, I wanted to try this Gladriel sort of thing. I was really expecting you to say, present it to the debtor, and he shut it down immediately. So <laughs> Don't be so ridiculous. Hate Lord of the Rings. Uh, also, um, you said at the start anyone could be the killer. Is it mm. procedural, or is it? Or is there like a fixed narrative? Yeah, that's a really good question. No, so the developers know who the killer is, but they're never going to say. So you could technically complete the game and convince Judge of your narrative and actually kind of like you can convict, convict the wrong innocent. person. Um, but yeah, so you've just got to have like enough... If you come to me with no evidence, I, I recorded a few voice lines sounding really pissed off, being like, the island's dying! Um, and you're coming to me with no evidence kind of thing. So you, you can like really annoy Judge by putting together a case that's not that great. I bet, I bet they were the funnest lines to record, right? They were quite imagine. fun. <laughs> they were quite fun. Yeah. It's, uh, no, it's, 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 it is really clever. I think it's such an interesting approach to detective games of hmm. giving you that freedom. And, you know, we always say, don't we, that here's an open world game, you know, you can do whatever you want. But in this, it, it kind of like... It does give you the island and it does say, no, like you are a detective. Go and f- make your case. Yeah. I've got one more question as well, actually. It just came <laughs> to my head just now. Can you convince the judge that the judge is guilty of the crime? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'm not going to say. It depends <laughs> on what yourself. evidence you find. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that would be amazing. Suddenly the judge has an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did I do it? Well, that's it. They're committed oh, no. to justice. Yeah. The evidence Maybe. It's all points to them. Maybe Judge went on a bender and just couldn't remember the previous night. He shows up to work the next day and is like, oh God, really? <laughs> so is it something that you want to do more of? Like in that's terms good, of voice acting? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I'm definitely... 
I'm definitely interested in it. I mean, you know, I, I've i always really enjoyed, you know, when I was working with you guys at IGN and, and now in the work that I do on the Netflix YouTube channel, like I do a lot of writing scripts and then voicing them and it's always been quite fun. Um, mm. And I think a natural extension of that is then figuring out, you know, there's obviously like a voice that you use for scripts and voiceovers yeah. and like you're kind of learning the instrument of your voice and how to... Uh, sound excited without being too much authoritative without you know making pops in the mic and things and I kind of just took all that knowledge and was like what if I applied that to a character and um yeah so it's, it's definitely something that I'd like to play more with but I'm also really aware you know voice acting I think people can really trivialize it and not realize how difficult it is and I would never want to call myself right now a voice actor because I think that does disservice to right. the amazing yeah. voice actors that are out there but yeah I'm learning and it's it is really good fun but saying that though could you do one of your lines right now <laughs> <laughs> come oh on monkey gosh. do we a funny need, trick unbelievable so need a little taste, need a taste. <laughs> yeah your favorite oh, line okay, delivered to Dale who is um, the person who did the killing I'll Whoa. say, I'll say, I'll say like my, my opening line tweaked slightly for this podcast. Okay. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. <laughs> Are we in it? Are we in the I'm scarier, scared already. <laughs> You've got to listen to all 556 episodes of the podcast to find a clue as to who the killer as might who it be. Could be. I mean, well, on the thousandth episode. <laughs> my money's on Joe. He's grown a moustache that he can twiddle in lockdown nefariously. He's definitely taken a heel turn recently with that moustache. He's going for the the bad guy route. Is it wrong? That sounds amazing. If you could do any voice acting job, though, what would it be? Because, like, oh, you know, cool. Zelda's English in Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild 2 is coming up. Right? Get in You're going to put in a good word for me with your Nintendo <laughs> content. I know them all so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zelda would be totally badass, wouldn't it? I need to be very hop high. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I'd be really up for voicing, uh, like, Trying, trying to do a, a character that actually did like motion capture as well. Like that would be, yeah, yeah, that would be like the grail, yeah. wouldn't it? Like that would be yeah. so cool. Like a story driven, whatever Naughty Dog are working on next. Hi guys, uh, <laughs> that would be fab. <laughs> yeah, that's a double-edged sword though, right? You've got to feel sorry for poor old, uh, the, the, the actress who played Abby. Oh my God. Oh yeah, no, she mm. went through a, the ringer. It's, it's yeah. one of those things. It's like, even John Boyega. Sorry mm. to get like put a downer on all this, but like, he got the <laughs> dream job at Star Alex. Wars, and actually it didn't work out as well as he was hoping for. Yeah. I hope your next job turns out really well for you, Alicia. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Just remember to talk to Nintendo for me. I will do. It's on, it's on my list of things to do. No worries. Excellent. So from something fresh and exciting to something old what? and crusty. Oh, that what? was a good segue. That was really no, it's good. not because it's not applicable. Well, I'm talking about you. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> what have you been playing this week, Dale? I've been playing shitloads of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, which is a clunky-ass name, but a brilliant-ass game. I didn't mean to rhyme that. That oh. just sort of happened by accident. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we all know what Tony Hawk is. Did you guys play Tony Hawk much back in the day? Long I didn't, ago. No. I was obsessed with Tony Hawk, so much so that one of my best friends always reminds me when we first met when we were 16 at college that I got every single gap in Tony Hawk 2 and 3. 
I think. I think that was it. And that was the days before trophies as well. So it literally just the check sheet. And I was obsessed with doing every single thing I could do. And finding all the gaps is really hard. So by that, do you mean you have to jump over every gap on a level? Yeah, so it's like... So it's like if you grind from one rail to another rail or have a certain name like, oh, this is the, well, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but this is the certain rail gap and a little blue icon will pop up and you get extra points for it. Right. But there's lots of hidden ones and really, really tricky ones to find. And yeah, I, I was, I mean, I had a lot more time on my hands back then, but yeah, I was obsessed with that game. So I played it a lot. And I feel like ever since Tony Hawk 4 was probably the last one I really enjoyed. Like obviously they've had several since then yeah like project a and underground and well god what was the one with the board peripheral as well right yeah. do you remember that and it's just it's never been the same but then seeing that they would remake in these two i've been excited since i first got announced and now i've actually got my hands on it i realize it is brilliant it's, it's like such a faithful recreation of those first two games like even the whole the track listing like they've put a lot of new music on it but it's got pretty much all the original songs that I remember from those yep. games. It's all the original levels completely remade, but exactly the same. Like it was amazing to me how familiar it was immediately getting back in and knowing automatically where, like I knew immediately how to get into the swimming pool area That's on school cool. too, within seconds of playing it, it all came flooding back to me. And it's just, it's been a great week playing it for like nostalgia. It's yeah. just, I'd really want to know what somebody who's never played a Tony Hawk game would think of this yeah. playing it for the first mm. time. Because for me, I'm I'm sort of blinded by nostalgia and, you know, I'm, I'm playing it through Roast Into Glasses. But I do fundamentally think it is a great mm. game. Like have it's they... core loop of a two minute timer with 10 things to achieve. And like some of them are right. collecting letters. Some of them are hitting scores. I just think it's, it's just such a fun experience. Yeah. Have they like updated it at all? Or... So, yes, in certain Obviously ways. visually. Yeah. But the actual, the core loop of the main skate levels is the same but the um what they've added is so there's certain things that you did in tony hawk 2 and tony hawk 3 like new tricks or new ways to link tricks that came into play like the revert came in tony hawk 3 which is once you hit a ramp once you come down if you hit revert just before you land or sorry just as you land you twist the board and it carries on the combo so you can carry on doing it into another trick and that's something that didn't exist in tony hawk 1 and 2 and the manual right. didn't exist in tony hawk 1 and because of that, it is a lot more fun to play, but it also makes achieving some of the high scores kind of trivial in Tony Hawk 1 and 2 because they weren't designed with that in mind. Right. But again, I, like I said, I come into this with years of experience of playing those games and it all immediately, my muscle memory came straight back to me and I was already bashing out, you know, 100,000 combos quite easily. So getting all the challenges and completing the two games was fairly easy for me because of that. But I wasn't playing it for those aspects. I was playing it for the nostalgia, I guess. Humble brag there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at it. I want to say I'm very good at it. I was, I was reading today, Eurogamer, I think, said that it was, oh, what was it? They said it was one of the best games of this console generation. Do you think so that that's fair? I would say, apart from The Last of Us Part 2 and maybe Four Guys, it's my favourite game of the year. No way! And again, I'm coloured by things, you know, but I just think it's just so much fun to play and it's the perfect pick-up-and-play game as well. Like, it's, like I said, it's little two-minute intervals, yep. although I often play about 10 seconds of that and then hit pause and then hit restart because I'm not happy with how it went at the start. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to perfect those levels. Uh, 
I think it's also got um, loads of multiplayer modes added, which obviously weren't in the first two games as well. And some of those are really good fun as well. Like you're playing in in those levels, but now there's eight skaters all going around at the same time, and you've got like, or you've got one minute to whoever can get the highest combo wins the round, and right. then it will immediately load the next time, which was who can get the uh, paint all the areas, and you paint an area by doing a trick off a certain object. If you have the highest score off that object, it will paint it your color. Right. And then and then there's a horse and so many other games, and it's just really good fun to play. And I think all the modern tweaks have really helped it as well. That's really cool. That sounds, mm. I mean, yeah, I, I never played the original, but I did play Spyro and Spyro <laughs> had that wonderful skateboarding section with half bikes. Which Spyro and, has the... Which has one was it? Was it Spyro 2? I think two? it's, is it 3? Or 3? I think it might, it was definitely one of the later ones. I think it might, yeah. I think you're right. I think it might have been 3, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, and I loved that. So <laughs> if it's anything Listen, like that. I know a lot of people are fans of skate. Like I know Joe, for example, is a big fan of skate. Um, I could never really get into that. I, I I don't know what it was. Or maybe I was just too invested in Tony Hawk's system. But mm. the the thing with skate, I guess, is it's going way more for realism. Like it's mm. trying to perform tricks that you could actually legitimately perform. Mm. Whereas in Tony Hawk's, like you're gravity defying sometimes. You do, you're stringing together ridiculous things that you would <laughs> never be able to do in real life. But that, but it's all about the score chase, right? It's essentially yeah. at its root a score chase game. Yeah. Do you think you're going to platinum it? Uh, probably not because it's like <laughs> there is some ridiculous challenges in there there's a whole challenge system like pretty much every game has these days and some of them in there are absolutely insane that I kind of I'd like I'd have to have all the time in the world to practice and to do these things so probably not but I've put a good chunk of it and I even though I finished the game I'm still playing it for the multiplayer aspect and cool. just having a good foot because like the loop is just endlessly fun to me and I'd recommend it to anybody if they're interested in skateboarding or play Tony Hawk in the past. Awesome. That is the first time I've heard you decline a platinum challenge. He's always <laughs> there for it. No, I'm there for it until I read them and then if some of them look ridiculous. It's like, too hard. Oh. Well, Fall Guys is one that I was like, I want Fall Guys one. And then when it was like, you have to win five games in a row, episodes in a row, I was like, Ooh, absolutely not. Did you, see, did you that. see that Neil Druckmann managed to do that the other did day? He? Yeah, Bastard. of all no, people. Can you imagine playing Fall Guys and you look to your left and bloody Neil Druckmann is like going for the crown next to you? I was playing the other week with Joe and Cardi and our friend Gary and um, I'd, done, I'd won one before I joined their game and then I joined their game and I won the first game that we're playing and I told them, guys, I've won two in a row here. You need to help oh. me out here. And then it got to the third game and then Joe kept joking saying he was going to sabotage me at some oh. point. But fortunately, I sabotaged myself. And just, <laughs> I can't remember how, but I just lost in a round randomly. That's I think, I like think that's as close that. as I'm going to get. Because like, it's like to be that consistent across all the different types. It's like Daily Thompson. Got to yeah. be that good across <laughs> all these different things. <laughs> It'd be so hard, like, yeah. and it, it's such a mind game as well. Because I always find with four guys, the minute that you lose your concentration or you feel like you're close to winning, is the point where you start losing. Because you're like, oh my god, mm. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And then if you're for there me, on game four near the crown, oh, gosh. Yeah, for no, me, thanks. it's like getting to the final game isn't too much of an issue. It's always the final yes. game. Yes, like they obviously they they should be the toughest ones, but. They're the ones where I always buckle under the pressure. I've yeah. only won, I think I've won seven crowns, like not nowhere near enough to get five in a row, Still considering how many games I've played. Pretty decent. Some people haven't won any, including the, well, didn't the community, <laughs> Alex just raised <laughs> both hands. <laughs> but, to be fair, you didn't play that many games. Though, nah, you? like, I'm, I, I know when a game uh, is not suited to me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm out. Thanks very much. <laughs> 
I'll just get frustrated. Mm. Although I was very good at the, the seesaw one. It amazes the one that me everyone how people hates. do not understand how seesaws work. It's like, <laughs> come on. You're like, um, it's just physics. <laughs> it is actually, yes. Uh, so I always did well at that one, but then uh, I think it was, yeah, slime climb. It's like, yeah. Nah. Oh, everyone hates slime climb. I think I finally cracked it though. Yeah. Once you yeah. once you learn the rhythm of that, it's as long as you're not in a pack. If you get yes. caught in a pack, that's where the danger is. But once you get past that, it's not that. And it's a good uh, sort of gets rid of a lot of noobs. In that Me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to, be, um, to be fair, like that, I mean, that's with every Fall Guys round, isn't it? It's other people that are the problem. The yeah. amount of Just rage. Just in life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. God, I get so what they angry. Need, they need a new level that's based on the fundamental mechanics of Tony Hawk's skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be absolutely flying then. You, you should have pitched that in your video. I loved your video that you guys did pitching level designs to the creators of Four Guys. It was very good. I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> the, um, the audience should watch that video as well. No, should I judge? You like the little cheeky plug? I was doing the plug more subtly, but... Yeah. No, I'll just tell them outright. Watch it. Watch Dale's video. <laughs> <laughs> but I before liked... you watch that video... Ooh. We should really play a game uh, of the endless search. Oh! Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Shit. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. It's the endless search. Before I explain to you what this week's Endless Search is, mm. I forgot to ask one of the contestants <laughs> what their favourite game, film and TV show is. So, Alicia, if you wouldn't what? mind. Why do I have to do this? I've been on the podcast before. People... It's can, been a long time. They, they can go back. and That's true. Favourites do change. Uh, is it going to be the game you appeared in? Is that your favourite game? <laughs> Paradise Killer. <laughs> I mean, it's a little known game. Um, and its favourite TV show happens to be on Netflix. Anything <laughs> 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 okay okay let me think about this gosh um okay i'll start with film because that hasn't changed okay it's eternal sunshine of the spotless mind that was um, last week that was that um lucy james was on last week and she said that exact film no well. way yeah. this yeah. is why lucy and i are friends she is so great <laughs> great taste no it is it's a brilliant film and it's one of those yeah. ones you can watch over and over again and see new nuance and love it love it love it love it yeah um Favourite TV show? I think the first time I said this was The Walking Dead, shamefully, <laughs> all those years ago. Are you still I'm watching? A... No, I'm not. Oh. I dropped off. Is I... anyone? No, no. I think a lot of people still are. Like, I finished... mean, they must, right? Because they the wouldn't The final be season is next year. I think it's next year. They just announced it yesterday. But, uh, oh, but then they're doing a spin-off of Daryl and Carol. Are they really? To be fair, two really strong characters. But like... I got, did you know what? I got all the way up to Rick leaving and then didn't actually watch him leave. So I don't know how I actually <laughs> I, like, I just got, oh, I've had Gosh, enough. you got so far after no. all that. Um, no. Yeah, so not Walking Dead anymore. I would say uh, I, oh, do you know what? I really love, and this is a bit of a lame one. I really love Explained by Vox, actually, on Netflix. But it's like... <laughs> cheeky plug. Um, no, but I really love... I know it's, it's a bit of a weird TV series to say, but um, I love the format of basically like a 15 to 20 minute documentary about mm. something. They'll cover 
the water crisis, esports, the female orgasm. Like literally, right. it's so disparate and they break down these concepts in really, really cool ways and you just come away feeling a lot smarter and the production's amazing. So yeah, probably explained. Um, okay, going to limit this to fiction in the future. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no documentaries, what is this? Um, and favourite game is just Last of Us 2. I loved it and wow. yeah, just... Yeah, I absolutely adore that. It's game. one of those games where I think it's phenomenal, but I still feel like I need to sit with it for a couple of years before I could move it into that position. I still think yeah. The Last of Us, the original, is definitely my top five of all time mm. right now. Um, but I could see The Last of Us 2 definitely being in there. I think that, you know, there's that phrase, isn't there, that's saying that uh, books read us as much as we read them. And I think that that's really applied to games of like, whatever you bring to a game will affect mm. how much you enjoy it. And, you know, in, in uh, around the time that I was playing it, um, my dad had just gone into hospital. And I think that there was, that there's so much around fatherhood and yeah. kind of... Um, and like fallible fathers as well and like the idea of mistakes and things and it just really got me in the feels and imagine, my, yeah. my dad is totally fine by the way guys it's all good but um good you know I, I think that yeah it was there's there is an element of the personal in there but also it's just a really well-made game like the level yeah. of detail is just astounding yeah. and the environmental storytelling is like oh, so good i mean it's, i feel like at this point cyberpunk has to be phenomenal to yeah right this is like such a strong year like i'm so intrigued to see the awards next year award season see what comes out on top Hmm. tony hawks (laughs) (laughs) i've got my vote best sports game by far followed by final fantasy 7 it's like what and uh followed by paradise killer (laughs) there you go (laughs) Uh, last question what do you think of the prestige Oh, I love The Prestige. Do you know what? I recommended The Prestige to someone last night. I was out for dinner with a friend and he hadn't seen The Prestige and he asked me to explain the plot of The Prestige. Uh, How would you guys, if you were to sum up the plot of The Prestige? You've got to keep it simple. You've just got to say it's two magicians that are warring, that are competing to come up with better tricks. He said, there's a big blood feud in there. He said he doesn't like magicians. So that made me less happy to lean on the magicians. uh, I'm going to butcher this, but... uh, I've got a hazy memory of Rory telling his brother, trying to describe what the prestige to his brother was. And it said it was, he said it was two wizards battling instead of magicians. <laughs> Something like that. I'll have to ask him and correct me on that. But it made it sound way more exciting than saying magicians. It's That's Harry Potter. Rory, though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're wizards. It's like, oh uh, All right, let's uh, move on to this week's Endless Search. And this one was submitted by longtime listener, Alex Simmons. Uh, oh, I've heard of him. Have you? Have you? Uh, so I came up with this game myself rather than being lazy and relying <laughs> on our audience. It's called Higher or Lower. Oh, okay. hang on. <laughs> and it's all about console launch prices. Oh, that's oh good. this is good. Oh, topical. I love it. Ready. Well, you've got so, pen and paper. Always have a pen and paper. <laughs> Jesus. Always. It's a cheat. <laughs> so I have got 11 console prices here. Okay. Oh, gosh. In dollars. Oh. But oh, adjusted for inflation, <laughs> which is the thing. I love you okay. so much, Alex. I am very confident before that. I'm going to, I will obviously tell you the first one. And then after that, okay. simple. Do you think the next console that I say is higher or lower in price, oh, adjusted okay. inflation. Now there's a little caveat here. 
I didn't do these adjustments. Uh, Jonathan Dornbush uh, did these, but he did them around the switch launch. So they were, what, three years old? But anyway, oh, okay. it will serve for the purposes of today. Okay. Do you understand what yep. is required? So I've got to... So say higher or lower. Hi, say higher or lower. Yeah. Literally, okay. So the first one is the console that really kind of started it all, apart from maybe one other. It's the NES. Oh, now, classic. The price of that, mm-hmm. adjusted for inflation, mm-hmm. is $445.44. That's so interesting. This, this inflation adjusting is actually fascinating. What was the uh, original price? Do you have them as well? Uh, I will tell you that after. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the, the NES. That's fine. It was 199 Okay. Um, but do you think the adjusted price for the original PlayStation mm. is higher than 445 oh. So or lower. Oh. Higher or lower. Well, the PlayStation... I know how much the PlayStation was. Do I'm just trying you? to think of the time difference between the SNES and the PlayStation. Hmm. And you said it was 199 the SNES. So I think it was... I'll, I'll go to you, Wait, Dan, ha- first. Higher or yeah, lower? Yeah, sorry, is it... And, you, and, you and then we'll, we'll swap for each one. Okay. okay. So high, I think higher. Dale's saying higher. I was going to say higher as well. You can. This, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like copying Dale's homework, but I was genuinely <laughs> going go to say higher. <laughs> okay. Right, you're both saying higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the NES was $445. The PlayStation, when it was launched in 1995, so it's 10 years after the NES, was $299. Mm-hmm. The adjusted price... <gasps> Is four seven two, so you're both Yay! correct. Oh, it's close. See, I knew the two nine nine. I, I didn't realise it was ten years between them. I thought it was less than that. Yeah, one point each. Well done. Thank nice. you. The next console. <laughs> <laughs> you're just uh, there doing maths like long division. <laughs> on so the next console uh, is the Sega Genesis Stroke Mega Drive. Okay. Um, do you think that was more or less than the 472 of the PlayStation adjusted for inflation? <sighs> okay. Maybe or oh. Cuz it was it was actually quite a small difference between the NES and the PlayStation 1 considering like the 10 year difference. Um you might see a theme here. <laughs> I'm not making it too easy for you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say less. I'm gonna okay. say less. Okay. Um, I'm thinking lower as well because Sorry, I feel like Sorry. the Mega Drive is more expensive than the SNES, but because of the uh, when it, it was like the mid to late eighties, I guess it was the late eighties. I think the inflation would be higher, so less. So you're saying it's wait. Hang on. I'm saying less. <laughs> Let's skip all the bollocks. And <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're saying. You're saying <laughs> It's okay. less than the PlayStation, not the NES, yes, the PlayStation. Less than the PlayStation, yes. Yeah. 472. Yeah. yeah. So the Mega Drive, or Genesis, was released in 1989, so six years before PlayStation. Ooh. But it was no. only $189 when it was launched. Was it? Oh, so the adjusted price is 367 So again, Way. it was less. Yeah, we got it. A point I thought each. it was more expensive than the SNES. That's great. That's so cheap. That is cheap. Now that is undercutting. But was that, I guess, um, obviously Sega had a good hold in Europe, but mm. in America, I guess that maybe they were trying to win and Do buy you know, undercutting. Like looking, oh, actually, I can't say that because that will give away something. Okay. I'll, I'll come back to that afterwards. <laughs> like, but it is fascinating going through like the launch prices of consoles of different eras and how things moved mm. around. Yeah. 
I mean, essentially, uh, because it was such new technology, in some ways they were just sort of licking their finger and sort of plucking a number out the sky. Um, yeah. well, that's until it. I, everything settled. I, I, I tell you what, I, I have no idea how much a TV cost back then, for example, and like yeah. how it was priced alongside that. And obviously, you know, PCs and computers were like, well, hardly anywhere. So yeah. anyway, next question. Uh, so following on for the Mega Drive um, and 367, was the original Xbox more or less? Higher or lower? Dale. The original Xbox. The yeah. OG Xbox. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I know how much that was at the time. And what is what is that? Like 18 years? Something like that? I'm not going to tell you that, am I? Because that's <laughs> given it away. I think it, was, I think it was like 2001, 2002, something like that. Um, so I'm going to say higher. You're saying higher. This is in comparison to the NES, to, right? No, no, no. This, no. Is, this is from the previous console. So this is the Mega Drive. Oh, I Three, see. What was it? Yeah. 372? Uh, 367. 367. Yeah, I feel good with my So you're saying higher, Alicia. Yeah. I mean, as we've just been discussing, you know, Xbox going in with their low prices, would they go lower, you know? Um... They're releasing a £250 console now. So, you know, they... Oh, but what would the first one have been? I I think it would be higher, but I'm going to say lower so that Dale and I don't always have the same answer. For a laugh. For, for a, a laugh. laugh. <laughs> just just for sure? a bit of drama and tension. <laughs> There's plenty more to come. Mm. Just go, go with what you think. Mm. I'm going to say lower. Oh, God. I'm going to say lower. Oh, No. Can I tell you how much the Xbox was back then? Yes, oh, you may. Do you remember how much it was? It's three hundred, wasn't it? Two nine nine. It was uh, two nine nine dollars. Yes. So adjusted oh, yes. for inflation. <laughs> He's such a nerd, isn't he? It's almost like I work in the industry. <laughs> God, I know, but I- <laughs> yeah, I work in the industry, and I don't remember. No. So adjusted for inflation, because it did come out in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. It is now four hundred and six versus the Mega Drive's three six seven. So it is indeed higher. Damn it. So that's a point to Dale. God damn. Let's keep this train going. All right. <laughs> so, Alicia, you're up next. Okay. Uh, Bringing it back. The comparison is between Xbox's original or inflated price of 406. But what about PlayStation 2 in comparison? Was that higher or lower? I mean. Whimper. My thinking noise, you should have seen me in my GCSEs in a silent hall. Um, I'm going to say higher. You're going to say higher. Okay. Because I feel like this is the upward trend. So <laughs> let's stick with the pattern. So obviously they're like pretty much the same generation as well, but the PlayStation 2 had what, a good few years on it? So obviously you got those extra few years of inflation. I also think maybe the PlayStation 2 was more expensive than 300. So I'm going to say higher as well. I feel comforted higher? when Dale says the same. Oh, I'm not sure now. I'm not, I can't remember how much the PS2 was at No, launch. the answer's locked. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying higher. Yeah, You're saying higher. Right. Yeah. So the PlayStation 2 was exactly the same price when it came ah. out. But it did come out earlier. So it has got more inflation. It's $418 versus 406 Oh. So you both get a point there. Oh, yes. Nice. Cutting it fine. <laughs> right. Uh, who went first last time? Is that you, Alyssa? That was me. It's Dale's okay. turn. Yep. Dale. Yo. Compared to the PS2's four hundred and eighteen dollars, 
Mm-hmm. Is the Sega Saturn inflated launch price higher or lower? Okay, uh, higher. The Saturn was definitely more expensive than... Oh, actually, maybe. I want to say the Saturn was something like 400 or something like that. I feel like Sega went big at that point and they pulled it back a bit for the Dreamcast. So, uh, yeah, higher. Higher? Okay. Mm-hmm. You're locked in with higher? Alicia. It can't always be higher. It just can't. <laughs> Otherwise, it's be a really shit quiz. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to go lower at some point. Uh, when he mentions like, the Game Boy Colour or uh, something. Oh, I love the Game Boy Colour. Can't wait for that part. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to say lower. I'm going to say lower because at some point I'll be right. Okay. You sure? <laughs> yeah. All right. The Sega Saturn, when it launched, uh, was $400. So adjusted for inflation, six hundred and thirty dollars. I remember it being expensive. God, you, I must admit, you've got a very good memory, Dale. Because they were getting very cocky this. around that point, though, weren't they? And then, well, well let's not get onto the Dreamcast because I'm sure that's on the list as well at some point. It's not. Oh, isn't it? No. So the Dreamcast went in cheaper, didn't it? I think it was like three hundred, but they launched the day they announced it, and then they launched it. Like the, the Dreamcast uh, launched at one nine nine. Yeah. And they, they, it was but like, the N- N64 was it 9999 on 9th, was it 9th of September, 1999, they launched it? Oh, uh, no uh, very well. good. Didn't that, work. that worked well. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so that was the Saturn in at 6.30. Next up, uh, and it's Alicia, I think you're first. Yep. The PS3. Okay, in comparison to the Saturn. Of 6.30. Uh, yeah. Lower. Yeah, I feel like this is now around consoles that I can vaguely remember the prices of. I swear it wasn't higher than 600 odd quid. So Obviously, that's lower. including inflation. Oh, it is yeah. including inflation. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I'm still going to say lower. Okay. Okay. All right. It's higher. Oh, Dale, PS, don't do this was, to me. PS3 was notoriously 600 at launch. <laughs> and inflation give it give it like 50, whatever how many years it is inflation well ooh, here we go Alex give, give me good wrong. news well good news. well there's two things at play here okay. and maybe I should have specified this because there <laughs> were two which PS3 model are we talking about well it was the entry level one was that cheaper was that 499 <sighs> Might have been. Can't remember. You should see the way that Alex is looking at us at the moment <laughs> over his spectacles. There's Look, real glee. If you've got any problem with the stats, then just go and talk to Jonathan Dornbush, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are you saying, Dale? Are you saying higher? Uh, you've no, already said you've higher. You're locked in. I, You're locked, I've in. locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in. <laughs> so the Saturn was 630. So the entry level price for the PS3 was $500. But with inflation... It's 596. Oh. So just a touch lower. Lower! Yes! Yeah, I feel, I feel tricked there. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you didn't tell me, but everyone knows the PS3 was $600. Well, like, for the expensive one. Yeah, that, that's the one we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, it's fine. Uh, it's whose turn is it next? Sorry, I don't know who went first. Uh, uh, it's I mine. Think, yeah, it's Jasmine. Okay. Because I jumped in very cocky on that last one. You so did. Afterwards. <laughs> uh, so, PS3, 596. Mm-hmm. What about the Intellivision? Oh, fuck. Is that okay. higher or lower? Okay, I have no clue how much that thing costs. Was it even ever released in the UK? Yep. 
Okay. We had one. Before my time. Um, I think, well, with inflation, I think higher. Because that is a long ass time ago. It's interesting. Mm. Like this one's yeah. not in it, but there was the Magnavo- Magnavox Odyssey, which launched in 1972. Original price for that? $99. Gosh. The um, inflated price for that? Five seventy. Hmm. So you still going for that, Dad? Can do. <laughs> what, what was it? it, was, what was it? You literally twiddled 596. your moustache while saying that, Alex. Yes, I'm saying higher. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm assuming the Intellivision wasn't cheaper than $99 when it came out. Mm. I'm also going to say higher. Okay. The Intellivision was originally, it launched in 1980, uh, and it was $300 back then. So now, yeah. $873. Blimey. Whoa! I know. That's crazy. That's like, that's like Atari Jaguar pricing. Yeah. <laughs> that, I hope that doesn't come up now. Gosh. Right. Where are we? Game Boy. Game Boy. Oh, I've just realised I've got PS3 in there twice. What an idiot. One's the, fat, one, one's the, uh, the big boy. Let me get rid of that. What was it? it was a 60 gig and the 20... Can you imagine that now? Having a launch console that's got 20 gig. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> Mad. Now, the next one, if you guys don't get it, then Jesus Christ. Okay. It's a switch. Xbox One. Okay. Yeah. The original Xbox One. Yeah. Higher or lower than 873? Who's first? Uh, I think it's it was me, you there, wasn't it? Oh, no, it was you, Alicia. Sorry. It's me. Lower. Yep. I shall also say lower. It's a free point, basically, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like, was it's it It's a feel good. It was $500 uh, originally, wasn't it? It was $500. So adjusted to, well, 2017-18 prices, 515 Not a lot of inflation yeah. went on there. 15 quid's worth. I know. Not even that, dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, two more to go. Uh, and this next one, and who's this? Is this, who's this, Dale? Dale, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm rubbish at this. Sorry, I'm looking at my spreadsheet <laughs> rather than you, so I find it hard to follow. Uh, is the Atari 2600 higher or lower than the Xbox's 515? I had one of these, but Did I never you? bought it. It was passed down to me. Um, I want to say higher, just because of how old it is. Higher? I'm also going to say higher because of how old it is. All right. It's an echo. <laughs> so the 2600 launched in 1977, same year as Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, for $200. Now, $790. Gosh. So it's absolutely higher. That's crazy. Is this the last one now coming up? On the last one. Yeah, let's do a score check if it is. Because I've so- lost... I know I'm winning, but I'm still I, think you're, I think we're even. No. No. No? <laughs> I've only lost one. Uh, you're on eight points. Yeah. Alicia, you are on seven points. Oh, what? so you could draw. So, I, yes. Okay. You'll need a tiebreaker if that's the case, Alex. Uh, that's going to be a nearest two if okay. that happens. Okay. All right. right. Now, for this one, seeing it is 
all on this one. I both want you to say it at the same time. Uh, okay. How are we going to do that? Well, I will do a countdown and then you'll say it. <laughs> right. So the Atari 2600, okay. 790. Okay. Was the 3DO higher or lower? 3DO? Mm. Yeah. Okay. She doesn't know what it is, so that's, that's <laughs> <Shit>. an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. It was Panasonic's, uh, I think, only foray into the video what, game scene. What year did it launch? I can't tell you that. I can tell you afterwards. Uh, oh. What was the, um, sorry, what was the number again? Uh, or of the previous one? Yeah. Mm. Um, 790. Okay, all right. I mean, this I'm is ready. just going to be a wild guess. Um, well, I mean, it's 50-50 all the way through yeah. this. So. I'm going to do a countdown Yeah. Okay. from three, two, one. Lower. Lower. Yes! Oh. But you said yes, that means you lose though. Does it? Because <laughs> we said the same thing. Oh. No matter what happens, you lose. Oh, I'm just so that happy to say something. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so the, the 3DO came out in 1993, but its launch price was $700. Was that and the CDI around that time were just, just ridiculously expensive, weren't they? But that means with inflation, it's $1,165. Wow. So no like, points either way. Gosh. The crazy thing is they had like no games as well. For I know. Consoles. It's mad. It was just new it technology. That's what it was. You can believe it, eh? Yeah. Man. Uh, I've learned so much about you both in the last like 10 minutes or so and your capacity <laughs> for remembering <laughs> strings of three numbers. I, I tell you what, Dale, I'm impressed by your memory of, of launch price consoles. Like, it's exceptional. Yeah. That is, I'm, yeah. I'm half decent at uh, code names for consoles as well. Are you? Yeah. What was the code name for uh, the Neo Geo? <laughs> Oh fuck! I don't know that one. Oh, no, no. Not like I could tell you the dolphin though. And well, that's Morpheus. easy. <laughs> Do you remember Morpheus? What was that? That was the PSVR, I think. I thought it was, yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you remember the NGP? Do you remember that? What was that? That was the. I think it was. It was either the PSP or the PS Vita. I think it was a PS Vita. Right. But it's like called a next generation portable. Is what it stood for. And they called it that for ages. Rubbish. I don't remember that. Um, there was the other thing. Oh, there was someone else. I can't find that page, but I was amazed by how much the Engage was when that launched as well. God, don't even want to imagine. Oh, that thing was bloody awful as well. Having a taco on the side of your head when you're trying to use it as a phone. But a lot of the early, early consoles were just 199. The SNES was 199. Mm. Um, I mean, the Jerk is like 400 is these days, to be fair. Yeah. Have you guys watched that documentary series, High School, that charts like. Is that on Netflix? Well, it is. You should mention that, Alex. It's just just on Netflix. (laughs) Uh, I've watched the first episode and it looks very good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed just like the way that they brought stuff to life and pixel art in a really charming, endearing way. But there were so many stories of the early games consoles and things that I didn't know, like. you know, uh, there's there's the obvious big names and they do interviews with really famous designers, but, you know, a black coder or the female head of marketing and all these sort of people that are kind of not really talked about in games history who had these really integral parts in the early console yeah. success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Mm. I know, I'm looking forward to watching more. Mm. 
Anyway, hearty congratulations to you, Dale, and commiserations you. to you, Alicia. It was it's close. okay. I, I, from my keyword countdown days, I, I'm just glad to be here and taking part because I so never win. That's one of the main reasons why I actually host the the, um, the quizzes is because I hate being part <laughs> and losing every single week, and now I can just rest easy uh, and be a bit of a dick. So. <laughs> Right, let's move on to feedback. Uh, Dale, do you want to go first? I will. Uh, so I'll delete the name off the top, but it's Jimbo from Anchorage. There we go. Folks, a story and a question. But first, I started listening to your podcast and knew... Uh, sorry. But first, I started listening to your podcast and knew I liked you all immediately as you were describing the monstrosity that is Cats the movie. <laughs> After around six months of quarantine, hearing about William Defoe's thick salami stick, which I, which I was totally in the dark on, I've come to love you and your podcast. Thanks for being such a reliable laugh. By the way, we've, I don't know if you guys know, recently we've been talking about William Defoe's uh, member. It's, it's, notori- it's notoriously large. Is yeah. it? Yes. <laughs> How do you know? Uh, and uh, Cardi and Joe specifically have been leaning into this conversation. Right, so, yeah. good, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> when quarantine started, I was really looking forward to working from home, spending my time with my cat and fiance and playing some video games. In March, two weeks into my time from working from home, the unthinkable happened and my PS4 shut off. Dead. So damn dead. I was upset and I wouldn't get to continue my vigilant patrols of the NYC as Spider-Man. Sad that my time shooting the shit at the machines with arrows was over in Horizon, and a little teary-eyed to thinking that I may never hear the satisfying thunk of Kratos' axe digging through the, the beastery of Norse mythology. Or the bestry, whatever. Uh, <laughs> of course, after m- months passed on, my dead PS4 seemed like less like a black sleep coffin memorialising what I'd lost, Ooh. and more of a dumb, big arsehole taunting me with the games that I couldn't play. Oh, how I dreamed of embarking on bullshit side quests as Cloud in the game about the beginning of a natural game. Thinking that Ellie and Joel were embarking on another blood-soaked romp through a version of America hit with actually cool pandemic without me has just depressed me as just depressed as I would have been about after 30 hours of killing virtual attack dogs. There's a lot of stuff in here. There <laughs> so, is. Um, it feels like it's cathartic for him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very rich uh, imagery. Much as a phoenix rises from the ashes, oh, I took yes. to flight. I invested myself over the last six months. I read a ton of books, the classics to broaden my horizons, spent a lot of time outdoors and in my garage gym to improve my health. And I played a lot of board games with my fiance and got more creative through art. Hmm. Would I give all this up to sit on my ass and just play video games? Absolutely, I would. <laughs> so here's my question for you. When I get a PS5 and I am getting one ASAP, which games would you suggest I play first? Ooh. Knowing that it'll be my first game in eight months and will include any game released since March. So he's put a list of games what he's thinking about here. Okay. So we've got The Last of Us 2, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima, or Tsushima, Marvel's Avengers, in brackets, knowing it will have two months of edits, Cyberpunk, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank, or other. Well, and at the end he says, thanks, and God respect, God sake, respect the sea. <laughs> the running joke that we've got going. I mean, I, it's a hard one to answer because, you know, some of those games we've played and some of them, like Mars Morales, we've not actually, yeah. you know, so, it's, so it's hard to Valhalla. recommend something that you've not played. I'm really excited for Mars Morales and Cyberpunk. Um, mm. 
But The Last of Us 2, as I've said, is my favourite game of all time. So, of course, I'm going to say that. Fair enough, um, yeah. But that's a strong list. Like, if he were to play a lot of the games on there, I think he'd be a very happy man. For me, I'd, I'd say The Last of Us 2 is probably the game to play. But then that's not knowing how good Cyberpunk is. Exactly. If Cyberpunk is phenomenal, then could recommend that instead i'd say don't waste your time with avengers no i'm not a fan of that I'm game so i just either. i've only just started playing it and i did the opening mission um where you have to sort of do the stealth bit and oh mm. my god that is such a bad mission yeah. and why put it so near the beginning or or even oh. have it there at all because the stealth mechanics aren't so good. And then also when you fail it, it's just having to reload. The loading yeah. time like that loading really times long well. really, really long. Not instantaneous. And just the, I'm, even like the gear system, so dull yeah. and... So overcomplicated. So well. overcomplicated. I, I, I got halfway through that campaign and Tony Hawk's came out and I was like, see you later. I'm not interested <laughs> in Avengers anymore. Maybe I'll go back to it at some point, but... So basically, Last of Us 2 and Tony Hawk's is what we're recommending. Yeah. Because <laughs> we haven't <laughs> played a lot of the other games there. Not Ghosts. See, Ghosts... I thought it was okay. I didn't love it it's, as much as some people did. Yeah, I, I, I liked it, but I would say it's... My biggest problem with that game was playing it straight after The Last of Us. Yes. I feel like it didn't hit that high bar, so you have to absolutely... I think we have to say The Last of Us, right? That's the answer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, almost after The Last of Us, you have to play a palette mm-hmm. cleanser game, like a 2D isometric something, something. They're just like completely yeah. different. Otherwise, nothing I think, will compete. Um, Ratchet and Clank looks awesome. And it looked, to be fair, it looks like very similar in the way it plays to the last Ratchet and Clank so if you're into that then that might be a good shot as well but we just don't know the quality of it yet. and also I'm going to chuck in a curveball of Returnal I think Returnal looks Paradise Killer (laughs) 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 if you can get six plugs in there we'll give you a thousand quid being worth the commission um yeah no genuinely like i think i think returnal looks to be a really really good new ip i think mm. the time mechanic will be fascinating and the gameplay that we saw uh was yeah just check out the trailer if you've not seen it already it looks really good abysmal name but <laughs> i hate that name so do much. you yeah. ah, i don't mind it uh alicia do you want to read the next piece of feedback from tom underwood from tom underwood let me open the it does help if I've got the uh, (laughs) running order order open open I've just been pleasant I've been pleasantly (laughs) surprised just the uh... so slack it's unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) okay Hi all. I've always been a PlayStation man and plan on picking up a PS5 as close to launch as I can. I really enjoyed that rhyme, Tom. That was great. (laughs) However, with the announcement of the Xbox Series S and its rather attractive price point, I'm now really rather interested in picking one up. I've never been part of the Xbox ecosystem, so a Series S with Game Pass would give me access to a massive library of games and Microsoft back catalogue with a relatively small initial outlay for a truly next generation system. In an ideal world, I would have picked up a digital-only PS5 and a Series X, as who needs two Ultra HD Blu-ray players, but now I'm not so sure. Perhaps the PS5 with a disk drive and Series S is the way to go. Still clinging on to a big digital media collection, he says. So, two questions for you. Do you think that the announcement of the Series S will hurt the Series X? 4K gaming is the big pull for the X, but for the extra money, is it really worth it for everything you're getting with the S? 
And do you think Microsoft missed a trick with announcing the Series X first? Clearly, they wanted their flagship flagship product out there early and their marketing is focused around it being the, quote, world's most powerful console. But imagine the position they would be in if they had the S revealed first as a very low cost entry into the true next gen. And of all the positive feedback that seems to be receiving, and we're able to drop the Series X now as being an even better version of the system to counter the PS5. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, but their marketing of the most powerful doesn't appear to have dented the PS5 hype train, especially with all the talk around its SSD. So should they have led with the advantages of the S from the start and leapfrogged them with a power at the finish line? From Tom in Glasgow. Ooh, I, I think their marketing strategy is spot on. I think the way to leapfrog is the price. That's way more important to the average consumer. Mm. And obviously the X might sales it might hurt a little bit, but you're aiming at a different kind of customer, right? That's going yeah. for the premium customer, the one that's invested no matter how much the cost is. I, th- I think, Where, yeah, anybody who's going to buy the X, the Series X, is going to buy the Series X. Simple mm. as that. Mm. The S is is a completely different demographic, I think. Yeah. yeah. And they're not going to get their eyes diverted yeah. by their, their big play. The big play is the price, not the power. I think yeah. like coming later on saying now we've got a more powerful one but it's way more expensive I don't think that's a good yeah there are, essentially there are there are three reasons that you buy there are three things to consider when buying a console it's tech um the games available on it and the price and yeah. people will literally buy for one of those reasons because the other two reasons don't matter to them so if yeah. you really don't care about tech like the series x you probably wouldn't have been forking out that much cash on it anyway because you yeah. really care about money. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's two different audiences and what they're doing is really smart as a marketing scheme of creating that broad range of consoles to appeal to a really wide player base. Hmm. I would say um, I really appreciate this gen as long as the PS5 digital version is substantially cheaper as well. The fact that for people who feel like they have to have both of them, they've both companies have kind of done us a solid here where you only have to buy one expensive one and then one cheaper one yeah. instead of buying two expensive ones. I have the last piece of feedback and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to be quick because I've got to go and pick up my child from school in a second. Oh. <laughs> it's what's good. This, this, right. this is a slightly... Think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> school gate's crying. Uh, this, <laughs> this is, is from John Hamilton bit. Matala. So if I miss picking up my child, it is your fault, John. <laughs> Uh, you're all doing great jobs and I'm not as a parent obviously I love listening every week Uh, he has a weekly ritual with the podcast he lives in Finland and every Saturday night he has time out duties from his young family to have time alone in the sauna which is his most relaxing point of the week oh I love that and his enjoyment is heightened because he listens to the podcast in there every (laughs) week amazing which is like oh my god (laughs) Uh, each to their own I guess Uh, anyway he says I cannot emphasise enough how relaxing it is to sit in a wood-lined room that's 90 degrees (laughs) drinking my favourite beverage and listening to experts he's obviously listening to somebody else talk passionately about their field the Finnish sauna uh, or sauna as is known in Finland cannot be beaten for a sweaty good time so this is an open invite to the IGN UK office Uh, next time that any of you come to Finland Come and try one out, one of the many saunas for a very pleasant time. Yes, so maybe wow. podcast 600. Uh, I'm pretty John sure that, that underground bar that we did 400 is, that was that was very mm. hot and almost sauna-like, wasn't it? Also, 90 degrees? I know, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm melting at that. Maybe that's Fahrenheit. He, he did I mean, say, he did yeah. say that's amazing. Uh, Celsius. 
But I you do realise, though, that in Finland and uh, the Nordics, they sauna naked. Really? Yeah. I know that like, Gav Cooper and Rory went over there to film something and, and Gav got his tallywackle out. And that's something I never, ever want to see. So... <laughs> I don't know how to. That's great. How do we segue on from nude sorting? Sally Wacker. I was. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> uh, so thank you, John, for the invite. Uh, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Gav will be there soon. Uh, and thank you to Alicia and thank you to you, Dale. Uh, yeah. uh, it's always been a pleasure and nice to have you back. Because normally when people leave podcast they die so it's nice to see you alive and well thank you for resurrecting me the ritual went well i see as soon as this is over you're dead again though (laughs) podcast necromancer that's my job um we need a song for the end of the episode so would it be apt to have something from paradise killer perhaps oh yeah one one last plug (laughs) (laughs) that's really great because we've not really mentioned it at all so i think it's only fair (laughs) there you go Thank you guys and to all you listeners we will see you same time next week. Until then bye bye Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.